This is Unbroken, healing through storytelling. Just to let you know, we have a vodcast on YouTube where you can watch the edited highlights of the episode. And don't forget to subscribe. If you fancy the full audio version, symbols, just keep listening. Oh, and if you've got a second, please give us five stars and a review. It really helps us stand out and get this important message to even more people that need to hear it the most. Meantime, enjoy today's episode. My guest today is Aaron Cargill. He runs a mental health inspired clothing brand called It's Okay. It's Okay was founded from a spell of severe depression and a close suicide attempt. Luckily, he was able to fight his way back and create a brand that's foundations are to support, spread mental health awareness, fight the stigma and not leave anyone behind. With each and every sale, they donate 10% of their profits to designated monthly focused charities to ensure that everyone gets the share. You're very, very happy and you haven't got anything that's really mentally kind of getting to you. Um, but that's why I kind of see what, what Unbroken is. I think that's when clinical depression hit me. I didn't believe it at the start, but I came back and I was strong. I'm a very independent guy, a very outgoing guy. I'm kind of carefree. And suddenly I became depressed. And depressed for me was like the worst hangover ever. Probably what some people go through over the period of about 20 years within the space of six months, so. Do you think there's still more that can be done to raise awareness about mental health? Absolutely, absolutely. He's my best friend and um, I, we went for a drink and I went back to the car and he went to get in his car and got back out and he said, look, Aaron, I've just got to say to you, I don't get this mental health stuff. I don't get what you're doing or why you're doing it. Um, you're, you're a guy and you've got you've got all these things going for you and worked hard and you're this that and the other so why are you putting all your effort into trying to kind of help people that you know it, it's the mental health thing isn't there and i've really just went you know what let's go for a drink again and we sat down and we talked about things and i think he's kind of seen a different different kind of version to it so welcome Aaron to the show how lovely to see you how are you i'm good how are you i'm good thank you so because yeah. my show is called unbroken i always ask everybody the same question is what does that word unbroken mean to you um unbroken to me is um synchronous to i'm going to use the word synchronous because you just used it a second ago <laughs> i think unbroken means that you're very strong you haven't got any troubles in your life i just got an inner strength so unbroken is a term that i would say just a strength it is a person that hasn't been through any trouble as such and that's really what it means um i mean when we talk about unbroken there's two sides there's the there's the broken side as well mm -hmm. so i mean for me i'd like to get to the point where we get people to like the i'm broken like there's no troubles in your life there's there's you're very very happy and you haven't got anything that's really mentally kind of getting to you um but that's why i kind of see what that unbroken is and, so it's and, kind of a, a double thing you can come from a broken place but you hope that you end up unbroken yes absolutely perfect yeah. i yeah. love that there so you, you say that your business mm -hmm. started because you really had clinical depression. Can you tell I us had. a little bit about your journey? Yeah, when did, absolutely. When did it start? So in 2019, um, I was happily married, living in Oxford, no troubles in the world. I just found out my wife at the time had fallen pregnant and everything, I was on top of the world. Um, and then within three months, I lost the baby. Um, there was a breakdown of the relationship. Um, I found myself getting divorced. So it all suddenly within three months, just my life imploded. So I found myself driving back to Norfolk from Oxford with about five bin bags in my car and my dog. 
start going to start a new life I had 15 years of living in Oxford and working so hard to what I got to and suddenly within that that time for period I'd, I'd lost everything so um I think that's when clinical depression hit me I didn't believe it at the start but um I came back and I was strong I'm a very independent guy a very uh you know very outgoing guy I'm kind of carefree and suddenly I became depressed and depressed for me was like the worst hangover ever there was a lot of losses and grief to deal with even though you're, mm-hmm. you and your wife divorced it's still a grief kind of thing really isn't absolutely it? yeah it's an and, ending. That, mm-hmm. and that's what triggered it so I lost wife baby house um went for a period of selling a house buying a new house it was just I went through probably what some people go through over a period of about 20 years within the space of six months so a, a lot of changes huh Yes, absolutely. Um, and I would describe, I say to people about uh, depression for me, it's like people generally, they say they go through the floor and then they bounce and they get okay again. I probably went through about 10 concrete floors before it came to a halt. Opening up for me and realising I had depression was quite tough. I'd kind of tried to talk to people about where I was in life and um, some people just don't want to hear that you're depressed and that's what I came up against quite a lot I guess it's finding the right people to tell really isn't it absolutely yep yep and I always say to people you'll get knockbacks and you'll get people that support you and the people that support you and put their arms around you are the ones you you kind of want to keep but I often wonder if people that aren't able to hear it whether that touches something in them that they're not able to look at themselves yeah absolutely yeah I would say so I would say so um so my journey um for depression ended with me sat on a beach in uh, North Norfolk and I'd made a decision not to be here anymore. Um, and that's really where everything kind of changed for me. I, um, I got to that point and I felt, and it's a really counterintuitive thing of somebody saying they want to take their life is that I felt relief in that, that I'd come to a decision and the pain would stop and I wouldn't have to go through what I'd been through in the last like nine, 10 months um but luckily for me i i mean my story starts very similar to a lot of people's stories with loss and some people either kind of find their way through it or unfortunately they don't and uh, and thank god for me um my i got a phone call from my son while i was sat on that beach and yeah, it kind it was of, l- literally as your feet hit the water, water wasn't it? Yeah, yeah 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 and um people that know me all my phones are always on silent so this instance that it's definitely a sign of that I don't know if I are believing other things out there, but um, it was definitely somebody had your back, you reckon? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. And that was the mark of what am I doing? Um, and yeah, I just never felt so much regret and, and sadness and, and, and angry at myself then. And, and was your son aware of your intentions that day? Or was it just a random call just to just hey, a random Mm-hmm. just a random call just to see how his dad was, that so was, what, what, was. what did that do to you that that call it obviously woke you up in some way um that call made me contemplate everything so um I suddenly was sat on the beach thinking I was so alone and I didn't have anybody and then suddenly um my son's there and I I it sounds really horrible that I say when I, especially to me because that's how I feel that when I say I don't feel like I've got anybody because I have my son what I felt that I was doing at the time is causing my son pain in terms of watching me decline in such a rapid rate that I was causing him some problems and when you're caught up in that mindset I am a suicide survivor as well it's very hard to think very differently 
Yeah. I, you know, when I look back now, obviously I didn't, wasn't successful. Um, yeah. I just wanted all the pain to stop. I didn't yeah. really want to die. I just wanted it to be a way out and just, yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah. have a break yeah. from it all. So I, it's very hard to step out of that. But that, it's like that phone call interrupted it all. Absolutely, yeah, and put me on a put me on a road to recovery. So, um, and thank God, thank God that happened. Um, How but, did you find your way back after the call? Um, so, there, there's, there's several things that really helped me looking back now. So, I had a good therapist, um, and as a uh, psychotherapist, I would yeah, I would agree yes, with that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely amazing therapist who spent time with me and listened to me and, and talked to me. And I, I've had a very turbulent childhood um, all my life, as and it's one reason why I went to Oxford is to kind of escape all the things that happened to me. And then you went back to where you were brought up, weren't you? Yes, I was that must say have been that, tricky yeah. as well. Yeah, it was really hard because all your feelings come up then from things that you run away from. They all they'll start bubbling up again. Um, but one of the big things that for me was a there's there's two things actually. So one of the massive things for me is my spaniel. So I've got a I've got a five year old Spocker spaniel mm-hmm. who gave me routine. So she made me get up in the morning. So the days that I want to spend on the sofa and not move. She got me out. She got, got me to out. Go walking. for a walk, yes. Absolutely. So yeah, and it was routine. Routine got me back. So it was regular, um, regular meetings with a therapist. Dog. It's routine, but I also think that dogs make the best humans, really, oh, don't God, they? Yeah. yeah, they listen to everything. <laughs> and they know, they know as well. They know when you're down and they know because they, they get really needy, and well, mine does especially. And it's like, come on, let's go do something. Let's but I also do. think it gives you the ability to think outside of yourself. You've got mm-hmm. somebody else to care for, somebody else to look yeah. after, whether it's human or animal or whatever. But, you know, someone to feed, someone has to be watered and walked and yeah, takes absolutely. you out of you, yourself a bit, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing I did every morning is um, what, one of the big things that I think about my own mental health journey is acknowledgement and acceptance. So I would get up in the morning and I would say to myself, you know, today's going to be OK. It's all going to be OK. I'm accepting where I am. And I've been given a really bad hand. This is just what it is. And you know what? We'll make today the best of what we can do. And I would just I would just chip away and chip away and chip away. And every time I try and put something new in the day to make it a bit more exciting and just slowly build build out but I've all my recovery has been I've got um, an aunt and uncle who have been absolutely incredible mm-hmm. and a good therapist and the dog walking and um, my new partner has been amazing and listening and stuff like that but um, I've not really had a big family and a big social kind of gathering around me to help me through my journey it's all been kind of very small positive circles mm-hmm. and support and structured support that have really got me through we, but I have to just go back a little bit because you yep. say, you know, that you just came to a place where you could just accept it. It's not so easy for people just to accept where no. we're at because I often think, you know, it's when we fight where we're at or when we deny where we're at, that's actually harder than the issue itself because we're causing so much disruption mm-hmm. in our mind. I know I did that for a long time. That's why yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. And to get to a place of acceptance, it's not easy just to go, OK, today this is what's happening and I'm okay with that, that yeah, that's, yeah. you make no, it you flippantly say it but it's not an easy journey no, is it no no absolutely not absolutely not and I you know I'll caveat that with that's that's getting into a mindset and it's a process that has to happen to get to that but once I, this is why I find now to the point where talking about mental health is quite easy for me because I have accepted I was in a really bad place and um I think for anyone struggling I think if you work on the fact that there will just for me it's it's the stigma in society stops people from talking actually what comes out of my mouth is just it's words and feelings and actually it's 
once you get accepted the position you're in and you get to that point you get stronger and stronger it's quite it's it's a lot easier to talk about but yeah. it's finding that first step of that left foot in front of the right foot and keep walking to get to absolutely get to so the more you speak out actually the more it kind of you stand in the shame and you yeah. you kind of shatter that shame really yeah. don't you yeah 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 i mean i know kind of obviously since lockdown a couple of years ago had a massive impact on people's mental health and their well-being and people are speaking about it more but do you think there's still more that can be done to raise awareness about mental health absolutely absolutely so even down to the point where I had a conversation with a friend quite recently and he's my best friend and um I we went for a drink and I went back to the car and he went to get in his car and got back out and he said look Aaron I've just got to say to you I don't get this mental health stuff I don't get what you're doing or why are you doing it um you're you're a guy and you've got you've got all these things going for you and you've worked hard and you're this that and the other so why are you putting all your effort into trying to kind of help people that you know it, it's mental health thing isn't there and I've really just went you know what let's go for a drink again and we sat down and we talked about things and I think he's kind of seen a different different kind of version to it which kind of kind of brings me back to the start of the conversation mm-hmm. to the broken uh, broken and unbroken now one of the things that I've put into place with it's okay is the broken club yes I was going um, to ask you about the broken club because obviously that jumped out at me when I was looking yeah. at your website <laughs> so there's a saying that I heard many 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 years ago of the broken help the broken or are able to help the broken and now that really has sat with me over the years where you do come across people like my friend who don't get it don't understand it not really been through mental health as such um so won't understand it but I guess the idea about the broken club for it's okay is actually the people that have been through something and the people that have hurt and they've been through pain they've been through mental health and whether it be suicide um depression ADHD the list goes on there's lots of different aspects to mental health but people are able to offer their experience of what they've been through and the fear techniques that work to them to kind of help them. So the broken, I guess it's like a, the broken help the broken is kind of a caveat to actually people are really empowered and they are slightly broken. They are a bit worn. They are a bit mm-hmm. battle hardened to, and they're the ones that can offer the support to other people who have been through similar things. And I think that's where for me, the, the interest is and the emphasis and trying to get people and communities together around mental health that are able to kind of talk empower each other and then kind of fight the stigma as such because there's so much stigma in society absolutely but so where did the idea come from to start your company it's okay. it's okay so it's okay comes from uh my saying that i used to get off the sofa every day like today it's going to be okay and that's where the saying so when i when i recovered and got to a point where I wanted to kind of give something back and recognize the people that really helped me out um I just had to go with it's okay because that's the thing that empowered me every day to to kind of battle the day and get on with it um so and that's why I strapped all over over my clothing um but, but know, had you worked in fashion before why did you no. choose a clothing company so I I wanted to do I saw a company called Boys Get Sad Too which are another amazing uh, clothing brand Um, they do a very similar thing to us and they focus on men's mental health now one of the things that I bought when I was suffering was a Boys Get Sad Too t-shirt and it really really helped me Um, and I'm a graphic designer at heart I've studied and that's where my my love lies and I thought actually I like clothes. I like designing. I really like what the empowerment of that message they're doing. Mm-hmm. 
I want to be able to empower people like they've empowered me. So I want to put my own empowerment message on my own clothes and, and, and sell. Um, so yeah, that's really where it came from. So when you put it all together like that, it makes perfect sense really, doesn't it? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, um, your website says that you're a brand with a heart, and I just thought that was just... Absolutely. It yeah. was just <laughs> lovely, really, because it's not just about selling the clothes. It, as you right. say, it's about raising awareness, yeah. smashing the stigma, but also there's a support network as well, isn't there, with the Absolutely. broken room, um, the peer support. Yeah. And every month you say that you raise awareness about a different topic, and then you send money, so... Yeah. to think of your profits to go to a yeah. different charity so that you choose each month we focus on a different aspect of mental health i've always got people um in the community asking you know where can i go for this support that support so what i try to do is not solely uh, give my money to a charity i like to um dispute uh, distribute it between lots of different charities because um everyone gets a share then and everyone gets a little help and I try to focus on smaller charities because they're the ones that are grassroots and they're the ones um they're the ones that need the donations um and yeah I try to focus on different things so next month I'm going to be focusing on a charity called Beat um which is a um it's all around body dysmorphia and body perception and uh, how we feel about our bodies. So I've, I've done a eating disorders, isn't eating it? disorders. Yes. Yep. That type of thing. So I've done um, an amazing design. that's going to go on the t-shirts on the 1st of February. Then 10% of everything that we sell that month will go to the, um, the beach charity. So um, that's what we're going to be focusing on for February. Brilliant. And how do you decide which charity to support or people come to you with ideas or yeah, so, so generally a lot of these uh some of them are charities so i did donate to calm uh last year because they just do a fundamental um an amazing job in mm-hmm. focusing on suicide and getting people through um through that uh mind is another charity another big charity that i did because uh, mind helped me so initially i donated to charities that really helped me and now it's more of a community type thing so i've got some incredible ambassadors that work for it's okay and promote our message um, and it's kind of led by our ambassadors, really, the things that they struggle with. Um, so it's such a community. It's a community kind of conversation. And then we decide and then we donate. So um, it's kind of kind of a collaborative brand as such, really. It's great. Um, so do you think it's any more difficult or easier for men to come forward if they're struggling from a male um, perspective? From a male perspective, yes, absolutely. Um, why why we, do you think that is? I think uh, society, we have to be strong as men. Um, we have to be hunter-gatherers. We have to be not show emotion. Um, there's a very this underlying, I think men in general have uh, this underlying historical kind of uh, perception that we should be strong, we shouldn't cry, and we shouldn't feel this and we shouldn't feel that. And we should get up every day and go to work and and not not cry into our cereal and stuff. And actually, it's rubbish. It is absolutely rubbish. And what do those messages do to you when you are feeling crap? They, they push you the other way. They really do. They make, it, it, this is the stigma that we're talking about. This is, this is the perception of, of being a man. And I know it goes both ways. Women, you know, it's women, um, lots of genders. It's, it goes across the board. Um, but I think the statistics show men as being the highest. Um, I read a statistic the other day that one in four men globally, um, yeah, one one every four minutes globally take their life to suicide because of mental health, and that is huge. Yeah, I think um, there are, from working as a psychotherapist in Scotland, yeah. there are more male suicides um, than there are female that I know of that are 
friend that used to work for an organisation and all the leaflets, everything was blue because subliminally it was designed for men, yeah. you know, to pick up the information to call the head of the telephone line, telephone yeah. line, that's like yeah. help telephone line mix and wonder. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, there's an so, incredible um, there's an incredible charity called Mentel that we've done some work with, and they do um, they do a phone in kind of it's it's kind of a bit like Zoom on a Monday night where people they they found that generally on a Sunday Sunday evening is the time when people are starting to decide going into a Monday morning um, that that's where their heads are. So they do a uh, regular kind of every week. Uh, conversation starter where people can just go on they can just listen to what's people talking but it's kind of like such an important support group but you mentioned blue there and they Mm -hmm. go into local businesses and pubs and barbers and restaurants and they they paint the town blue blue essentially with lots of their their things so amazing charity so anyone listening you know if you're you are struggling please go check out mental they are are really really good and how hard was it for you yourself when you realised you woke up that actually you are struggling to go and ask for help to get a therapist? Um, I tried. Um, I tried. And I will be really honest because I'm on here. And as I said, everything's on the table. I tried to confide in the people closest to me. Um, I won't say who my family, but I told them the situation I've been through. And I got told I was making up for attention. Um, so... So it's really important to find the right people to share with, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I do say to people that you are going to get knockbacks when you talk to people, but it's about it's a numbers game and you've you've just got to keep talking and and someone will stick and somebody will be that light you need. It's just a case of I think it's an education point of view for some people. And it's I won't I won't say that it's bad their their uh, their reactions to when you say you're struggling. It's just because they don't get what's going on with you. Um, well, and, you can say that, but you had quite a very negative response to say that you're, you're yeah. making it up. It's all attention-seeking stuff. That's just that's just not being able to listen to. That's yeah. very detrimental to you. It's, so it's quite good, you know. Uh, I guess resilient of you to keep carrying on and to find someone that would listen because yeah. that could shut you down completely. Oh, it could, yeah, absolutely. And this is why there's a big a big thing around it. It's okay about just just you know speak up come to our support groups come speak to our you know we've got community chats those types of things and come you know if you you are struggling to find somebody then come speak to us because we everybody in that group speak on a daily basis we check in on the daily basis and there's people in there that I would talk to non-stop there is some incredible people who will listen out there and really just the the emphasis of all of this is if you are struggling you're not alone you're really really not alone well, I think we've also seen that in lockdown, haven't we? How yeah. many people, and it, I think it was a collective kind of struggling. It wasn't mm. just, you know, we were struggling by ourselves. I think communities, whole areas, countries yeah. were struggling. And so mm-hmm. for people I know that had anxiety or depression beforehand, they were like, well, welcome to my world. You know, yeah, this, yeah, is yeah, how yeah. I, this is how I felt all the time. And now you all get it. Or people that were introverts were like, well, this is actually brilliant for me. I'm quite happy just to yeah, be yeah, home absolutely. all day. Yeah. But it is interesting how I think that did help to raise awareness as well mm-hmm. of of when our freedom is restricted or when our, you know, things that we take for granted that we can't do that we didn't realise helped us, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Going into an office and seeing people, being sociable or having a lunch or going yeah. for a drink or, you know, exercising as a group. All the things that we're not aware that really does make a difference. It really does. And social connections are really, really, really important. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I found it coming back from Oxford to live in Norfolk again. Um, I, I work here. My office is in Oxford. I go down to the office once a month. But um, working from home, even for it's trendy in the pandemic. You know, I was um, 
I was here and it was it was really difficult to just not go and go to a coffee. And I've got a really good manager who used to go for coffee and be like, how's your day? How's, how's things? Like, you suddenly don't have that anymore and it's yeah. all over virtual. So it is quite a hard mindset to get into. Um, and I'm just glad things are slowly coming back to normal. Apparently so. Well, um, Scotland and in England, that's it. Your your yeah, restrictions it, yeah. will be lifted. So you've got rid of it. That's Go fantastic. <laughs> what what kind of things do you think we still need to help raise awareness about concerning mental health? What are the stigmas that you'd really like to see squash completely? Um, so I would like the stigmas around men, especially being hunter gatherers, to not. I, I, there's two things that I would like to change. I would like the stigma around just people opening up, not just men. Uh, I use men because it's the biggest statistic, but just being able to go and talk to somebody. The other couple of things that I would like to happen is getting help. Now, I had to get help at the cost of my own pocket. um, And it's really tough for people on there who don't earn a wage enough to cover the help they need they're the ones that fall through the cracks Um, and there needs to be some government initiatives to um, provide help and provide support and provide free I know you get free up to a point um, but I've got I've got uh, a young lady um, I won't say any more than that who I know and she has got some really kind of complex problems and issues and the doctor said we can't help you you're gonna have to fund it all because we haven't got the resources to deal with your complex issues and these are the people that really are wanting help but just not able to get it because it's just no there's no you have to pay for it and that's um and that's a really big thing um, uh, i totally echo what you're saying i have had decades of therapy and it got me where i'm at today yeah. and then i've also worked as a psychotherapist so i've sat in both chairs many times mm-hmm. um and this the last place i worked at for about 12 years we decided to we had a massive waiting list so we had to cut the service and it used to be open-ended but then we yep. made it i think you could get 20 20 is huge compared to I've worked at a place, yeah, yeah. telephone helpline, you could have five sessions. Wow. Um, you know, I've worked yeah. at rape crisis, you could have 10 sessions. And I think you're just trusting someone. What if you're just opening up on your 10th session? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm very grateful. I was privileged enough to be able to pay for my support. Yeah. But yeah, like you, so many people aren't in that position. And there's less and less places that are properly funded to be able yeah. to give the support that's needed so it's it is a heartbreaking situation isn't it, it when you really want is. support and you can't find it it's it's rubbish yeah yeah the other thing as well the last one is um, my work my employer has been really good to me over the years um being able to allow me to come back to norfolk and work and um uh, but it, 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 it's a rarity i mean the other thing i'd really love is just some campaigning in the workplace and and some routes to i don't know some maybe I mean, I've worked somewhere before where they've just given you a telephone number and you ring this telephone number and it's all dependent on somebody picks up at the end of the phone mm-hmm. when you really, really need some help. And actually, people need help there and then. And without charities like Calm or Samaritans, um, it's really, really difficult. But it's more signposting, where I'm going with this, is more signposting in employment statuses and in, in businesses of where to get help with employees. Um, because one of the things over the last 18 months that I've found and I've been really susceptible to it, is burnout. You work all hours and it really is a detrimental effect to your... Especially on the screens, because I think we, in the beginning we all got, um, uh, you know, like Zoom fatigue really, didn't we? Mm-hmm. It was just Absolutely. too much staring at a screen and, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's signposting awareness and it's all those types of things that all just need to be ramped up and 
at the end of the day, it's all about signposting. It's all about showing people where to get help and, and how they can get help. And, and that's really where I think there's just not enough in, so there's not enough in society of where, where to get that. And it, it's really hard to just Google where to get something you need because there's a lot of conflicting information. And that's what I love about the website. Obviously, you sell your, your brands and your clothes, but you also yep. have a huge list of resources of different charities yep. of where to get for whatever specific mental mm-hmm. health area that you're struggling with. So it's, it's very, as you say, it's very heartfelt and really well thought out for anyone that's not just looking for clothing to wear yep. the message, but Absolutely. to also to actually, you know, what can I do practically? Yeah. So I guess it kind of comes to nearly the end of our interview, yeah, but the cool. very kind of last question is really... Yeah, what advice would you give to someone right now that's that's struggling, that hasn't told anyone they're struggling or they're just feeling lost, they don't know what to do? Just just please speak up. If you can't speak up to anybody around you, then head over to It's Okay and, and come and join our, our um, support group. Um, it's not a scary place. People, some people are in there and they just listen. Some people are really supportive. Um, but it's just about getting up and just saying, do you know what, it's going to be okay today and, and trying to... Um, not force positivity into your life but it's about just finding your routine and the things you really enjoy and taking everything back to basics and finding the things that you love to do um, and uh, the rest will follow but for me and for I guess for a lot of people it's just once you take that first step that left foot in front of that right right left foot in front of the right uh, foot in terms of speaking the rest will just come to you um, it's just to keep walking in front and get into that target get into that end goal it really holds us back, doesn't it, when we can't yeah. speak up and say what we want to say. And as you say, once you first say it, then it just gets easier and easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just feel, you feel, oh, that's so easy and that's so such a weight taking off my back. Uh, so, yeah. Great advice. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming You're on welcome. the show. Uh, you're doing great me. work and we will stick all your um, clothing company, it's okay, clothing.com. Mm-hmm. We'll put the little link in the show notes so if anybody wants to contact to buy some clothes or to mm-hmm. look at all the helpline, the support that you offer, they can find that link. So, thank you so thanks much. again. You're no, welcome. Thank you. Unbroken healing through storytelling if you haven't already go on download subscribe give us a five-star rating it really helps us get this important and life-changing message out to as many people as possible there is already a selection of fantastic episodes to choose from and a brand new one coming soon unbroken healing through storytelling playing now on all the main platforms including apple podcasts spotify stitcher for android google podcasts amazon music and here play unbroken the podcast with Madeline Black.